Welcome to another fun and action-filled episode of Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. As always, I'm Scoot Magoot. I'm Jim Jam. And we are doing part two of our interview segment, where I now have the pleasure of interviewing my faithful compatriot, and I'm looking forward to it very much. And as is, I was going to say as is the tradition, but we've only done this twice. So (laughs) as is the burgeoning tradition, we're going to kick the conversation off with your album of the week. And I don't know why I just did a Shatner, but. uh, Oh, I I thought you were trying to do like a, like a very punctuated Ira Glass. (laughs) You know what? That, that's a lot classier than a Shatner. So I'm going to take it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So. Album of the week. Um, yeah, I um, I've actually kind of splurged on a lot of music lately, and um, there's kind of a story behind this, but I'll just get it out first. It's um, "No Absolutes in Human Suffering" by Gaza. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. So I um, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Now I was on Discogs. I was looking for a copy of uh, "Amplifier Worship" by Boris. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the seller that I was using had a copy of No Absolutes, and uh, so I got them both, and then he just messages me, and he's like, yeah, sorry, I actually sold that already, like, I forgot to delist or, you know, something like that, and so he was like, you know, I, I'll refund you your money, and so he did that, but he's like, you know, I feel bad about it, I, I'll just throw in something for you, and I'm like, please don't, like, thank you, but please don't, I don't need more music. <laughs> Um, but you know, he ended up doing it anyway, and he ended up sending me um he is never coming back uh by Gaza. Oh um yeah, and so I ended up finding a cheaper copy of No Absolutes um somewhere else. Um and so I ended up just getting his copy of uh um what what's the first one? Oh, I, I don't care where I go when I die. Mm-hmm. So I you know, so I have that coming in, so I basically just, just bought every Gaza album. <laughs> just for the fuck of it and uh you know i had this i had no absolutes on yesterday and i'm just like god damn dude like it's, it's like just such a great great like distinctive album that just it feels just so itself and you know i i keep looking on rate your music and people are like like very divided on it and not 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 you know this isn't you bringing the singers um problems let's just say um into light um this is like they're like oh these guys are just ripping off converge and this is just like shitty converge and it's like (laughs) it's really not like it's really not like i I mean to to be fair i'm pretty sure he is never coming back was produced by kurt baloo Mm. but like Like seemingly every other metalcore release in that yeah party universe for for, for sure and i mean like the guy always does a great job yeah and like he definitely has like a distinctive sound for sure but like i don't know like just on on you just even on terms of songwriting and like performance i just feel like they are just vastly different Mm -hmm. like maybe it's just me but like i don't i i view converge as like being able to be like very quick and like like i that the the, it like converge is like a knife fight Whereas, like, Gaza is, like, you know, two people fighting with, like, fucking sledgehammers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's, it just feels a little, like, more, a little more sludgy and just, 
willing to like kind of go off on something for a little bit whereas like converge at, at least until the last uh <laughs> until blood moon uh felt you know very like a like a quick draw in a way mm-hmm. um yeah but anyway i i really love this album i'm really glad i own it now um i love the album cover too just but yeah <laughs> that's awesome and i actually recently it was the same thing where i got um it was it was actually with that pig destroyer um that i mentioned last week the, the book burner as well yeah. I, I got uh one of a uh, hum oh yeah, yeah you, you you'd prefer an astronaut um I think it might have been that one. The, the, is it the one with the zebra on I it? I had the one with the zebra. It was the one that, like, okay. there's two albums that are really well regarded in their career. And it was the other one. Um, and the guy was a guy, you know, th- these are really... First of all, he, he texted me, which, like, I guess my number... I mean, it must be on. That's that's weird. But, I, I mean, I was like, all right, I guess we'll chalk this up to good service, I guess. Um, that's... I, but, I see, like... Okay, I, I mean, not to go on, like, a little thing, but have you ever heard of a company called Sweetwater? Yes. Okay, so do you do you know their business practices at all? I, I mean, I know, I know like, what they sell and what they do. I don't know. Yeah. Like, like okay, are, so, are they... I, I'll, I'll just let you take it away. Yeah, it's... Um, so for those who don't know, they're, like, a music gear, uh, music instrument company. Um they pride themselves on their customer service. Mm-hmm. And so basically when you buy something from them, you're assigned uh, like a customer service agent who basically just takes care of you. And, you know, if you have any problems, you go to them and things like that. Um, the only thing is that they are perhaps too friendly, <laughs> let's just say. Um, and they will just like text you. And so like every so like it feels like every three months I get a text from this guy saying, hey, you know, how's everything going with like the gear and you know like is there anything else i can help you out with and it's like i like it's such a difficult um thing to navigate because like the guy's being nice you know and he's doing his job and he's doing his job very well um but i don't know about you but you know when i buy something i kind of just you know like unless i have a problem with it you know in which case like i'll actually talk to the person you know, and actually, you know, instigate a conversation with them. Like, I, I, I just want to go off and do my thing. Like, I don't want to have to keep, you know, I, I don't know. It, it just feels like kind of intrusive. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's like, you know, it it's creepy friendly as opposed to just friendly. Like, like in my in my experience, like that I've like talked with Amazon before, but like their their customer service, like it is creepy friendly because they, like some of the stuff they say are just like you know like they'll be like oh. You know what can I do to make sure that you have a smile on your face today? Oh. And it's just like, oh, that is, that is fucking creepy, dude. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> and, and this guy didn't like he wasn't he didn't go that far, but he just he was very like, um, you know, like hey, look, it, it says your order shipped. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's actually I don't know if you know this, but you included a tracking number, so I can I can see that. Yeah. I'll also know when the I mean, order arrives when it is in my you know in my mailbox, so I'll just I'll kind of, they, I'll kind of base it on yeah. that. Um, see, like if it was just on Discogs, like that's fine. And I actually like I really like I really appreciate when when Discog buyers do that. Um, what when they like will message you and be like, hey, shipping this out today, you know, things like that, you know, because you know some people just 
won't say anything. Yeah, and no, like yeah, for you, sure, you, you don't even know if it's coming to you or not. And like, like I, I just bought this. Uh, I just bought a Phallus Day by um, Amon Duel Two mm-hmm. um, from this person, and like, like it was like two days passed without them saying anything. So I messaged them like, "What's, you know, what's up?" And they're like, "Oh, it's gonna ship tomorrow." Like, sorry, you know, sorry about that. And next day comes, don't hear anything. Like, th- th- this was this was Saturday. <laughs> Like, and it's like, okay, what, like, just don't lie to me. Like, you know, if, if just say, oh, this will ship on Monday or like, hey, it's going to take me a little, like a couple days to ship versus, you know, just, just be honest with me if, if you're going to say something. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just, yeah. <laughs> no, like, I, I totally get it. And I, I appreciate the communication to an extent, but at the same time, it was like, I didn't need, like, I was really glad we both had iPhone, iPhones. Because I could just, like, yeah. like, his texts and, like, not have to, like, text back. Be like, great, thanks. But anyway, yeah. he he said, like, so, like that they're... Because they're all... The CDs have gotten all really cheap, so... And he said they were a little, little banged up. Like, I'm going to throw in some stuff for free. And I was like, I mean, I guess worst case, I sell it. One of them was... I honestly, honestly have no idea. I forget what he was even called. It was, like, a... Like a 90s, early 2000s, like, discount like alt metal band and i was like well that's no thank you and then the other was i'm not a big pod fan and it was a pod record i literally have never never even seen before in my life oh wh- wh- which which one uh let me uh, shit let me see if i can if i can reach it. um uh oh i can't see it Sorry, it's it's a, it's, it, on, it's it, on a stack across the room. But like, I, I is it is it either is it fundamental elements of Southtown? No, one, one. is it satellite? Because like the, the I think the, those two are just great. In my or at least the latter is. But uh, one sec, I'm gonna I'm gonna quite, try to quickly pick it up. But like, yeah, I can. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Salem Bull Moose isn't open right now. Um, yeah. But uh, at some point, I, I, I will sell it. Oh yeah, for for sure. I mean, I I know that I need to go through my CD collection and my and my books and just do like I know they're kind of purge again. Um, oh, it's the <laughs> yeah. so yeah, it was it's the censored, the censored edition of Fundamental Elements of, of Southtown. Yeah, that that was what he gave me. I thought they were Wait, a Christian. Oh, the, the, the censored version of it. Are they a Christian band? Yeah. How was what's censored about it then? Oh, it's it's. A, uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that they swear in it. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. I guess I'll give it a shot then, based on your recommendation. Yeah, but but it's but it, it, you said it was the censored version, right? At least that's the that's the cover I re- I remember seeing. So, yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't think fundamental elements of South Town is good though. That there's some really great tracks on that. Like yeah. uh, they they do a cover of uh U2's Bullet the Blue Sky, which I mean you would expect that to be awful, and it's like actually better than the original. Uh, it's it's like that and Hollywood are just really great tracks. So, all right, I'll I'll check it out based on your recommendation. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's definitely not like I, I think Satellite is their best album. Like I really like that album, but like at the same time, I it's I totally understand when people are like, oh yeah, Pod is kind of cringe because <laughs> I mean, it, it just like I, I think it's like the Christian element. Yeah, kind of throws things around but anyway that, that, that's interesting mission they swear because that, that that always reminds me of uh back when i mean this is back when we used to get netflix dvds in the, in the mail 
so this is like a little while a while ago. Um, it was like a, a tour DVD from Under Oath, or a Christian metalcore band. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Who who just I think put out an album they, like yeah, last they, they week did. or something. I think they've, yeah. they've become like in, their, in this like reincarnation they've become like a like decidedly we're not Christian anymore metal band. Um, I, I I feel like a lot of those Christian metalcore bands yeah. have kind of done that. But anyway, this DVD was like in their in their heyday, and. Um, I just remember because obviously they don't swear, but they, they like Christian swore, like they would say like crap and heck. They would say like those kind of swears, but they would do <laughs> it constantly. So it was like the weirdest thing. I'm like, we don't swear. Like, like they would both throw it in your face that they don't swear, but what, say like these, you know, kind of, you know, B-list swears. It was the <laughs> oh, shut the front door. <laughs> no, for real. Like they would, they would like. It was so weird. It's like, well, do you swear or not? Because I understand, like, crap isn't, like, shit or anything like that. But you're saying, literally every other word you're saying is, is crap. It's like, let's, let's, uh... It, not, not, not to further derail this conversation, <laughs> but I, I, I've been noticing that shit is, like, actually, like, much more well accepted now. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Like, like the, there's a there's a book that just got published that, like, just, like, has shit, like, right on the cover. That's disgusting. And it's, like... Yeah, <laughs> and just like, like, but but like nobody else. I don't think anybody's really batting an, like an eye anymore. It's just strange. Speaking of books, which is a type of uh, physical media you can buy. Um, yes. I the first question that came to mind for me uh, when I was thinking about talking with you, which I always enjoy doing. Um, Same here. Actually, man. we kind of frame this nicely we're talking about discogs um i think we we've touched on this here and there over the years um but uh i'm curious uh, why cds but more more specifically why not like why did you never get into the i'm not, I'm not saying this is like a negative or positive like why did you never get into like the the vinyl trade or like even cassettes and like and i think we've all talked about how the you know quality of cassettes durability isn't that great but, um, you know, especially with a lot of the music you create, maybe, you know, some like tape manipulation or whatnot. Um, I don't know. I'm just always curious why you've, you've picked CDs, why you've stuck with CDs, why you haven't branched out into other, other forms of uh, collecting. Yeah. Or at, that's, at least uh, in a, terms of music, so obviously you collect books. Yeah, that. that's a good question. Um, I, I, I guess to kind of nip the first kind of part of that in the bud really quick. Uh, when it comes to my own music, um, I mean, I just, you know, to to actually make, uh, like, physical media uh, is, like, uh, a money-intensive process. Mm. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it's not, like, a you know, it, like you said, like, getting something on cassette is, is way cheaper than getting it made on CD. But, you know, it's still, like, money that I'm, like, not wanting to spend. Um <laughs> I guess it's just me being really cheap. I I guess it's like I I guess that's kind of the answer for all of that. Like this entire question is just kind of yeah, CD is kind of like the it, it it's like the path of least resistance for me. And I think part of it's just like I kind of grew up with CDs. You know, I I think my my parents had vinyl for a while and then i think when cds came out in the 80s they actually just sold all of it but like like i think just so many other people did um and i i just 
I don't know. It's, it, I think it's just like it, it just kind of was the most available media uh, when I started buying, you know, CDs, you know, when I started buying physical media. Um, and I think, yeah, like I, I think when it comes to something like tape, you know, like, like cassettes, like it's really just not everything is on cassette. Um, though there are some cool, like, limited runs of things that are on cassette, I, I, I just don't really care about it mm -hmm. a ton because, I mean, I, I think another thing is, is you know, uh, like, having, uh, you know, the ability to play something in the car is really great. Mm. And, you know, but my first car had a cassette player and, like, you know, I had, like, one of those, you know, cassette aux trans, like, translation dongle type of things. Um, but you know i i didn't really like once i sold that car um i just you know i just used a cd player you know mm -hmm. and so it, it it just you know kind of makes sense you can't really it just reminds me that um there's that joke on that 70s show but they're just like i i don't know why they just don't put record players in cars <laughs> like <laughs> or something like that um it is yeah um i so when it comes to vinyl i you know I think again, it's just like a matter of price because like vinyl is just really expensive. Mm -hmm. Like just you know, it, it's usually twice the price of a normal CD. Like, like most, like most times, not not always. I mean, you've you've obviously come into contact with some really really good deals. But but on um, average, you're, you're, I don't think anyone could really dispute that. It's more yeah. expensive. Yeah, and I think especially now, like when you know, since it's such like a hot you know trendy kind of collector's item i think people are are really okay with jacking up the price even more um i think on top of that like you know vinyl it just feels much more delicate mm -hmm. than cds like you know like sure if you scratch a cd like chances are you're probably gonna it's not gonna play right anymore but like i think it's a little tougher like than vinyl because like you know you, you like there are things like you know you, you, like they actually sell like vinyl washers and stuff like that and you know, I, I so like basically I I would be investing in a media that is you know I, it feels like it needs to be taken care of more delicately like you know you you don't want it to warp and things like that. On top of that, you know you need to get a good uh, turntable, and you know, but the thing is, even if you get a good turntable, it means nothing if you don't have a good amplifier, mm -hmm. <laughs> and like all of this other crap comes into play, and so it's just like. Like it ends up becoming like a you know, I think minimum probably like a five hundred dollar investment, and you know if you really want something actually good, it's probably more than that, mm -hmm. and that's not even counting actually getting the vinyl itself, and just how long it takes you know like how backed up pressing plants are right now. So it, it just it just makes no sense to me. Whereas like with a CD, I can just literally just take it with me in the car, if I want to, you know. I, I think the only shitty thing about it is that it just doesn't travel as well. Like, I can't really stick it in my suitcase if I'm going to, like, you know, go on vacation or something. Um, I mean, I could, you know, I, I could, like, if I had, like, a Walkman, you know, I could probably do that. But it's it's definitely not the same. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's... No, and I'm curious if more and more people are sharing that kind of mindset, and that—that's the main reason. You know, like I collect, I collect both just because you know I, I there are things I like about records. Uh, I don't buy 
very many new records because it's just it's a price point thing i feel like cds are the easiest way to build out your collection relatively cheaply and reliably um but i don't know if you saw the, the news that um you know cd sales increased for the first time in you know a long time um, really because yeah, I, I i i saw that vinyl outsold cds for the first time in like a decade too uh let me see if i can google real quick because uh yeah, CDs, CD sales have increased for the first time in 17 years. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. Um, which, that's, yeah. I mean, I, 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 mean I, I don't know if they could... Uh, I mean, the the top 10 CD sales are, are you know, like people like Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodriguez. Like, they're kind of people you would expect. Yeah. Um, you know, Adele, whatnot. So maybe just those kind of artists, people... I mean, maybe it, it's kind of... Um, just a reaction of people wanted to buy the new album and they saw how much it cost on vinyl and they were like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I mean, I don't... maybe those people are finally getting some sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they, I mean, I, I would love to see that become like an increasing trend um, because, I mean, you know, it, it, it's like that adage, you know, everything comes back in a way. Um, but I, I also don't, you know, I'm not putting a lot of faith in that either <laughs> yeah I, I i feel like cds like i think it's just like cassettes that like i think each of them like i think they all have like their own kind of purpose and i think on top of that they each have like their own niche communities and so you're not really going to see any of them go away in a way mm-hmm. uh, i mean d- just considering that like you know like the the fact that like you know cassettes are just still a thing even now is just you know very indicative of that you know just sort of the permanence of of these you know, these certain media you know um I, I i think if there's gonna be anything that comes as like a roadblock to it i i think it's going to be trying to find uh cd players mm. actually yeah uh just because i i had a whole i had a whole time last year trying to find a new cd player <laughs> it's yeah it's 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 there's just not a big market you know and i understandably so but it's just surprising um that the, that like that there really isn't i don't know it's, it's weird at, at least when it comes to like affordable um cd players because you know you, you could go audiophile and that would be like you know eight hundred dollars or something mm-hmm. But plus, you know, the other sound system that you need to actually, you know, because it doesn't have a speaker with it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, when my previous setup shit the bed, my CD player, I, I wanted to get one that had speakers with it because the one I had before, they were like, it was like a two speakers you plugged into the back of the player. And yeah. it was like this. It was just a pain in the ass to move whenever. And we, this is when we were moving, like seemingly every like five, you know, every every year, you know, moving apartments and whatnot. So I got one that was just like one unit. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the speakers are like as certainly not as high quality as I could afford to pay. But I don't, you know, I also like having savings. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I I got a really cheap like Philips uh cd player that has like yeah like two of those like it comes with those speakers that that plug into the back yeah and yeah like like they're they're kind of a pain in the butt when it comes to like actually like cleaning them you know but um it's okay you know i i honestly i'm i'm fine with it 
Speaking of buying music equipment, um, I am very curious about the first piece of equipment you bought for your current setup, your favorite piece of equipment you bought for your current setup, and yeah, I guess I'll include this. I didn't know if I want to include like a negative so, negative one, but like one that you know we talk about, you know, the selling in our collection that we wish we hadn't sold. Is there like a a piece of hardware that you have that you sold and, and you wish you could have back? You're talking about like music, like instruments, right? Like yeah, music yep. gear. Yeah, um, that's difficult because I mean, when it comes to because I mean, most of what I have is modular, mm-hmm. so you know, it, it like you, you don't really buy like a specific like instrument. Like it's it's more like you it, it's it's like this it, it it's like if you bought oh sorry hold on <laughs> that's my alarm uh, I'm supposed to. Supposed to text, uh, supposed to message Devin, uh, my friend Devin, <laughs> right now to tell her to get up. But uh, sorry, Devin, you're sleeping in <laughs> a little bit today. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, modular. It, it, it'd be like if you bought a trumpet, like piece by piece, in a way that just like you bought a valve. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's a little difficult. Uh, I guess. So the first thing I ever bought in terms of like real music equipment at least you know outside of like you know being into guitar when i was like a teenager and you know kind of that sort of thing um i my i got a i asked for a synthesizer for christmas uh i think back in like 2017 it was a cork mini log um which is a uh it's I mean, it's just like a normal synthesizer with just like a key bed in it. Um, it it's pretty pretty basic when it comes down to it. Um, I'm trying to describe it better than that because I, it's a lot of like analog circuitry, but I think there's a lot of like digital controls on it. Um, but the thing is, it, it's very very basic in terms of what it can do. Like, I mean, you can get a lot of sound from it, but you know, when it comes to modulation options, there just isn't a ton. Um, you know, the sequencer is pretty cool on it. Uh, they had a couple other interesting, like, little um, ways of, like, making the oscillators kind of interact with each other. That was really cool. But I, I, I think I just didn't know that much about synths at the time. But I was really interested in getting into music more uh, because, you know, I, I just, you know, or at least just making music more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I got that and... Uh, I didn't really use it a ton, so I ended up selling it. I think not maybe last year or the year before. I can't remember. Um, so yeah, that that was my first, but my favorite. I mean, the, the thing is like, ah oh, man, that's that's so difficult because you know they they all kind of work together in a way when you have them in a case. Like they like very like you sometimes you'll have um, like a module that'll act as like a complete voice. Um, but that's not always the case. Um, I think if I was going to break it down more, it maybe it'd be like easier to kind of break down into different categories. So like when it comes to like actually something that makes sound, um, there is this module called, uh, Arbar, um, it's by this Scottish, uh, maker called, uh, Instruo. Uh, I, I love this thing. Uh, I always keep coming back to it. You know, there are definitely some, some flaws with it, but, um, it is a granular 
uh, synth voice, essentially. So it will take uh, audio, so you can record right into it. And it also has like a condenser microphone on it. So you can actually just like, like just make ambient sound, hmm. basically, and just record right into it. And it, essentially granular synthesis is just taking sound, taking pre-recorded sound in this instance, um, and chopping it up into very, very tiny bits called grains that can be, you know, like a tenth of a second long or, you know, something like that. Um, and so when you do that, you can actually you can actually create the illusion of time stretching with it. With, with You can essentially decouple pitch from time because normally if you, if you record something on tape, say, and you slow that tape down, you're technically going slower, but the pitch is also going down. Whereas with granular, you can actually just keep the pitch the same, but still slow it down because you're essentially just taking these these tiny tiny snippets of sound and just keep playing it over and over, and then you know so 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 basically our part just does this extremely well. Um, it has a lot of really really cool aspects to it. You know you can uh, sort of do like it's called like a spray function where you um, it kind of will just randomly play little bits of of the sound that you've recorded um you know as opposed to what is currently being selected in sort of the buffer mm-hmm. um you can do a lot of other things like it has some reverb attached to it and uh you know if you turn the actually like the length of the grain that you're using up it can be uh you know uh sort of a kind of like a looper almost um you know, but where like it'll play like you know distinct phrases, um, but yeah, that, that's I I love using that thing. Um, I was just using it last night because I don't know. I, I I've been kind of like in a weird modular creative like identity crisis. <laughs> so uh, that would be for a voice. That's probably my favorite. But when it comes to like a modulation thing, there's um. This thing called uh, Marbles by um, the maker of Mutable Instruments, mm-hmm. and they, um, it's, it's essentially what is, um, it's kind of like a take on what's called a shift register, uh, but it's, it essentially is, it's a random, it, it creates random voltage, but it does so in a sort of like a musical way, mm-hmm. um, and you can actually like, you can actually control the randomness. So you can like lock it into like a sequence of, you know, like a certain, you know, bar length and then, you know, keep it uh, bar length, step length. Um, And you can keep repeating that. But then you can also like there's a certain knob that you can turn that it will slowly allow new information to be passed into it. So you basically have like an evolving sequence of notes come out of it. it's super cool. Uh, I mean, again, th- th- there are some flaws with it too, um, but I, I just like, I feel like I can play that thing at this point. Um, oh, probably. I, I, I guess one more. <laughs> I, it's not really a synth thing, but it's a, it's a looper pedal that I really love. It's called a blooper, actually. <laughs> it's, it's super weird. It's like this. It, it's a looper where you can. Um, essentially apply effects to it on like you know on the actual looper itself um and then you can actually make those effects into into the loop itself like you can record them you can bake them in 
as you go along and so you can do some really cool stuff with it and like you can um, turn it into like a delay because I mean all a looper is is just a delay that you know I, I guess maybe it's the other way around a delay is just you know sort of a tape loop that decays over time um, so you can do you know some really cool things so I you know I'll, I will play guitar every day and I'll just put that thing on my chain and I just love like doing like these long like frippertronic almost like delay lines mm. where like you can like kind of play a phrase and you slowly build it up over time but since it fades out you're you're evolving that phase like that, 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 that phrase as it goes along and so it ends up becoming like this really bizarre piece of music um yeah <laughs> well that that all sounds really interesting. Uh, the w- I, I could talk for days about this shit, Scott. Yeah. And then there was the one where, uh, you know, the one that got away, where you, you kind of you took it out of your rotation, you, you sold it, and you kind of wish you could have it back. Oh, that... Um, you know, I, I don't really know if there's anything that I sold that I would want back. Um, I haven't really had that yet, because I, I, I think I... I did at one point there was like this uh touchpad that you can get that like kind of basically just converts uh touch pressure into voltage mm-hmm. and it can do some really cool stuff it's, it's like super uh versatile because you can turn it into like a keyboard even mm-hmm. um it can do a lot of really cool things but i so i ended up buying like i i, I sold it and then i bought I bought it again uh, a few months ago because I was like, oh, this is exactly what I need for this current case. Eh, not really. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, like, when it comes to modular, or at least Eurorack modular, which is the, the format that I use, um, there isn't a lot in the way of, like, being able to, like, sort of express, you know, um, sort of, you know, like, sort of express yourself the way you would with uh like a regular instrument it's a little more difficult um you know and so a lot of those like touch you know uh controllers and things like that really only serve to just turn a knob in a way and it's just like it, it seems so redundant to me that it's like why why bother like why bother you know pressing down on this pad and having this you know one like parameter go up when i could just turn that parameters knob <laughs> mm-hmm. it's yeah um I, I you know there are cases where i think it can sound really great and i think it can work but not in my experience and not sort of for my workflow that, that, that's the easy way of saying you know um <laughs> i haven't really found anything that i regret selling um yeah well that's good uh, I yeah. don't know if it, there's still time. Yeah, but <laughs> um, I think you will have a different answer to a similar question, and this is something we've talked about a lot. But I don't know if we've kind of nailed down specifically. Uh, what's one or you know, I guess the top three, five albums that come to mind that you owned and sold, and and kind of wring your hands at the gods above that you you made that choice. Um. You know, I don't really know if I have a ton of those anymore. You know, I, I did at one point. Um, I think there were a couple of, like, rare albums that I sold. And I, I'm trying to remember. 
exactly which ones they were. I really, I honestly can't think of anything. Um, off the top of my head, you know what? I'm just gonna look really quick. In uh, I have like a CD to buy list um, that I keep in like a quick note. Um, I, I think maybe. I would say maybe there's like a couple Zorn albums that I kind of regret selling, but I really don't <laughs> regret selling them. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I, I'm looking through. I really don't have anything. I, I think I'm trying to think whether I owned any ISIS albums. I don't think I did. So, um, yeah, I... I honestly don't really have anything. As as strange as that is, there's there's not much anymore that I regret selling. Um, I think nowadays, like I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I I know what I want, and like you know, if I I know whether to keep something or not. Um, I think that you know, I, I was just thinking about this the other day, is just like you know there are certain collections that you have like of you know like you have like an entire band's discography that like you kind of regret like like you you would definitely regret selling i guess mm -hmm. um but i'm like yeah I, I wouldn't sell those things like i have like every king crimson album and like am i going to listen to every king crimson album all the time no but i am not selling a single one of those yeah. <laughs> i feel you I, I i've yet to listen to one that i don't like so i i'm just you know yeah, I, I, it, it's weird. I think, you know, if you talked to me, like, you know, a year ago, maybe I would have been, a, maybe my tune would have been a little different. I mean, I, I have a couple different lists here of, of stuff that, you know, I'm looking to buy at some points in time. Um, it's, I just don't really have a ton, of, like, like even, like, um, something like, you know, I sold a copy of, um, Safe as Milk, like the uh, the first Beefheart album, mm -hmm. and but I'm like I, I don't really like that album, so <laughs> <laughs> like fuck it, I don't care. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have anything, unfortunately. All right, well, hopefully this next question yields <laughs> better fruit. Um, what is an you know an artist, an album, a genre? Like, what is something from your musical past that you know you thinking back you wish you could experience for the first time again like so like, when you think back like was was super impactful at the time You're like man like i would love to hear that for the first time just one more time that's that's an interesting question because i i think a lot of the stuff i love now um i initially hated at first <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know I think maybe, you know, I think listening to something like Nine Inch Nails for the first time would be really cool. Um, like, I, I was just thinking because I have the uh, I have the Fragile on my uh, on my desk right now. Um, I think that would be really cool to listen to for the first time. I think, hmm. I mean, actually, what, one of the first that, that when you asked this that kind of showed up in my head was um, uh, Silver Apples of the Moon by uh, mm. Morton Sabotnik. Yeah, because, like, I, I think just if I knew now what I did, uh, like, well, yeah, if I knew then what I do now about the, you know, making of it and sort of the system that, you know, he used in making it, 
Like, I, I would be just, like, you know, like, <coughs> blown away even more. Um, I think if, if, I think it would have been cool to listen to Square Pusher back in high school. Like, if, if somebody had just, like, handed me Square Pusher's first album and, like, <laughs> you know, like, like, that would be pretty mind-blowing, I think. Um, you know, I, okay, I, I, I guess if you want maybe a more traditional answer, um, I, I think maybe something like, like, um, I think like Linkin Park even, like Linkin Park's Meteora was like a really, really foundation like album for me. Mm-hmm. I would love to, you know, it'd be cool to just be able to listen to that and be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think also, I mean, if, I guess I, I'm interpreting this, this question a little differently here but um i would kind of like to hear what i heard in something like white zombies less exorcisto or um see there's a disclaimer too because like i mean I, I used to like fuck with those albums back in high school and like i listened to them i think for our uh, nostalgia episode like a few years ago and i just i really dislike them now <laughs> and i think it'd be really great to be able to just kind of understand where like be like oh yeah that's what i liked about them at that time <laughs> like just to be able to understand that again because i look i listen to them now and i'm like oh god no <laughs> uh, not that there aren't highlights like uh, you know that that um that song they that they do with amy lee uh broken which is just so good mm-hmm. but um yes yeah, so, some of the other tracks on that album are just not great um yeah <laughs> Nice. Yeah. I, I mean, like I, I, I think of that a lot when, you know, when I listen to something, whether, you know, the, the, the shine is worn off a little bit or it doesn't sound, I mean, like mainly for me, this is a, a lot with metal. Like when I yeah. think back to just how, how dark, heavy and fast everything sounded like, and yeah. then like, yeah. wow, this, uh, you know what, I, I, this is a weird one, but, um, so Exodus, the uh, the metal band, like after they um, they they had like kind of like a, a string of releases in like the two thousands that I used to listen to parts of back in high school that I was really really interested in. Um, I think it would be cool to listen to that again, like with with that type of mindset. Um, you know, just because it was like, I, I think it was before I really knew that much about metal. Or at least, uh, like, I guess when it comes to first-hand experience, because, like, you know, when I got into metal in high school, I was reading, like, you know, all the books I could find on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, like, I, I would know about, like, you know, Carcass and, like, Raven and, like, all of these, like, you know, metal bands that weren't exactly, like, you know, Iron Maiden. Um, that, you know, I, I just, I, I never listened to, in a way, at that time. So... Yeah, I, I think it'd be cool to like listen to something like "Shovelheaded Killing Machine" by Exodus. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, because I I don't think I would like it now, but I would definitely like it then. Um. <laughs> nice. Oh, I oh, actually no. Okay, but one more um, is I I think basically any power metal. <laughs> Just because I I had a really big power metal phase in uh in college, and I I just. I don't know what happened, but just it, it really doesn't appeal to me as much anymore. There are, there are some outliers, of course, but, um, you know, something like, you know, listening to, like, Epica 
would be really cool to like you know have that same type of like wow you know kind of factor like uh rhapsody of fire would be really cool to listen to Mm -hmm. um like that yeah (laughs) nice yeah somewhat of a i mean i guess this was more of like a looking back but i guess this is somewhat related um like on both sides of the coin what what artists would you say you've enjoyed most following their musical journey in the sense that you know it, it's only gotten better with time it's it's remained at the same level of quality over time you know it, it's you know this it, they've improved again and again with each new release and on the flip side what artist has you know kind of declined or you that you reached at like a really high peak and it's just kind of diminished you know it's just it's just you know really fell off a cliff with one release um, you know, what two like diverging journeys come to mind from the artists that you really, mm. you know, have really followed for a long time? I think mm, that's that's difficult. Um, I mean, I, I guess in terms of like negatives of some of a band sort of getting worse with time, I think the easy one is just Metallica <laughs> <laughs> and just and like Sin and Megadeth too, actually, like. Uh, Though, I mean, in in all fairness, I don't think I've listened to a Megadeth album since uh, Endgame came out back in, like, 2011 or 2010 or something. Uh, But I have just not been interested in their output since then. Um, And with Metallica, like, you know, I I think I was so wide-eyed as a high schooler that, like, I was okay listening to, like, something like St. Anger. Like, I actually owned St. Anger at one point, like, unironically. And, uh, yeah, I really dislike it now. Um, yeah, they, I think, hmm, in terms of bands getting better, um, I, I mean, kind of a cheap shot, but I, I, I think Florence, I think Florence and the Machine just keeps getting better and better with every album that I've listened to of hers. Um, it just feels like she's sort of, like, filling all, like, the niches that are, that, that she's kind of carved out for herself like she's kind of like explored all the possibilities within them and she just it, it just it always feels like she's managing to like carve out like a little bit more in like every album and I'm, I'm really hoping she she creates something this year um i'm trying to think of other positive ones i mean th- th- there are a lot of really great you know albums that an artist that i that i love that i feel like are still doing great things. I, I think Nine Inch Nails is still doing interesting things, mm-hmm. even though um, I think their last I, like, hesitation marks was like technically their last album. I mean, technically not, but like in in, in my head canon, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was like that was kind of a misstep in some ways. Um, it was still good. But like you know, something like Ghosts, like like the the last two Ghost album that they that they put out, and I think twenty twenty, were really fascinating. And I think you know, having you know like that string of like like those mini albums that they did um, during you know sort of I think it was like twenty seventeen was like the first one. Um, those were really interesting, e- even though like the whole physical um, object release that they did with the first one was was really stupid. Um, I don't know if you remember that at all, where, where they, 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 like, put out, like, this, I don't even know what it was, I, I think it was just, like, a picture of them, but it was, like, covered in, like, this powder. 
Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that think, thing was really stupid. I think the blog, and I think you, you were like, yeah, this is, uh, this is something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it, it, was, it was really stupid. Um, that being said, like, having Atticus Ross kind of, you know, join the band as, like, an actual member as opposed to just a very frequent collaborator, I think is a really cool move on Trent Reznor's part. Uh, I really liked it. I, I just, I really look forward to see what, what they do. Um, I think on top of that, their side project, uh, uh, How to Destroy Angels. I mean, I, I haven't, I don't think anybody's heard from them in like years and years now, but like. I thought I saw that they were doing something. Really? No, oh, no, man, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Team Sleep is doing something. I was, I was oh, yeah. That, like that, side projects in general. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, Team Sleep's been saying that they've been, that they're going to be doing something for like, you know, the past decade. So. <laughs> And now I just googled it and I'm not seeing anything. So maybe I'm just having a fever dream. But I'm, I mean, maybe there could be something. Um, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I, if you count bands that don't uh, that aren't together anymore, I feel like Dillinger kept getting more and more interesting as time went on. I think on top of that, I think the Black Queen, um, you know, is still doing some really cool things. Like it, just Greg Pucciato in general. I just think he has you know, a really interesting trajectory. Uh, he's supposed to be dropping an album this year, and I'm really looking forward to that because his, his solo debut was, was fantastic. Um, yeah, th- those are probably the ones I would probably think of the most. I think, you know, I, I think if you were expecting something like Deftones, like, I don't know, I, like, Ohms was, Ohms was a good album. Um, but, like, I, I feel like Deftones have kind of plateaued, and like I, I think plateauing isn't necessarily negative or positive. I think it's just kind of is what it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that there are just like some some of those like yeah some of those like metal bands I used to listen to in in high school. I mean, you know, kind of the big four when it comes to like thrash. Even though I like I never listened to Anthrax, but like you know Slayer went pretty downhill. Um pretty fast with with like repentless i think i think that, that that was like their last album right i think so um, which i don't think yeah I don't think repentless is actually a word yeah um, yeah i i i remember that whole metal sucks article where they're like yeah it isn't a word actually incapable <laughs> of repenting yeah um yeah it, like a lot of those bands they, they, they just don't have the same energy i think iron maiden too um though i i didn't really listen to book of souls so I can't really say that much about it, but like, I remember liking Final Frontier when that came out. Um, but it definitely let, like Bruce Dickinson sounded so tired on like that that lead single for Senjutsu. Like, it, it was just it was not a good look, <laughs> not not a good sound. It uh, it's still res- I mean I don't know. It, this is something I. I... I mean, I, spoiler alert, but I, it was one of the top, like, we did our, our typical industry aggregate list this year for the blog, and I think it was the third ranked album of the year by, like, the metal industry, in terms of, like, compiling <laughs> all their lists, and I just, like, who is that for? Like, who? who? Is, is that in terms of, like, are, are you talking about, like, albums sold, or, like, critically? No, like, albums, like, albums of the year, like, in terms of, like, that, uh, who? Third album, <laughs> like, third ranked album of the year, and, like, again, who is that? Who's that for? Because who yeah. who was reading a metal publication 
that doesn't know who Iron Maiden is. Like, who needs to be told, hey, Iron Man, Maiden are a good band? But on that point, why, like, why, you're going to tell me that Senjutsu, this in, insanely long, you know, quad, you know, I guess Japanese themed, uh, you know, heavy metal album by, you know, artists that are, are way, way past their prime. Like, you'd rather listen to that than, you know, Number of the Beast or, like, some other, well, like, I, I just don't, I don't get the I, I, I think on, the on top of that, like, it's implying that, like, like there there were just no better albums like in that year and like that, that doesn't sound right like That's what I'm saying. And, and like it's there is i mean for like a, a list is not ob- objective like it's not you're not you're not boiling down a criteria there's an art form to it you can decide you know like why something needs to be placed where it is like on a list so like when, when you do that i mean again if, if you genuinely think one album is better than another that's one thing but like why would you not feature something that's more up and coming, or more interesting, or more original? Like, why feature the? I mean, I don't know what album it is, but it has to be at least like the tenth album. Like they. No, they, no, it, it, it's like sixteenth. It's it's like up there. Oh shit! Yeah, it's their seventeenth studio album. Yeah. Like, why feature the seventeenth studio album from a band? Holy crap! Yeah looking at it, it. well it, it, if, if the album was good like I, I i think you know because like judas priest came back pretty hard with firepower um a few years ago and like that was a solid album especially just considering you know how you know just like how long their career is and how they they still managed to kind of have like you know that kind of energy in like songwriting but yeah i it it, it definitely seems a little strange i, I think maybe it's just you know, it, it's kind of like if you go to like classic rock, you know, ultimateclassicrock.com or something like that, that, you know, they, they don't really stray away from like, oh, we're talking about, you know, fucking Tom Petty or something, you know, like it, it's it's just always kind of like the same thing. Like they're, it's a very narrow niche that they have for themselves. Yeah. I think when it comes to like maybe those metal publications, it's just like, oh, you know, like no big names kind of came out of the woodwork. Whereas like, there's a lot of great indie, you know, or at least more independent, you know, metal labels out there that are doing great stuff and independent artists that are doing great stuff uh-huh. that I just don't think they get a ton of, you know, media coverage because of that. Because I don't think they have, like, you know, the same PR firm that, like, an Iron Maiden does. Yeah, and that, I mean, that really has to be what it is. It's just that, like, hey, like, I like Iron Maiden. Like, good. They, you know, they write, I mean, Rolling Stone had it their best metal album, album of the year but also they had it as what? they had it as it landed at 44 in their overall 50 best albums of the year which is is kind of crazy uh consequence of sound had it their best metal and hard rock album of the year uh i That's, mean it's that i mean rolling stone like i wouldn't be surprised at because you know it's rolling stone but like i thought consequence of sound like had like you know they're, they're usually decent yeah so i don't and again yeah. it's it's one of those I don't know. I, it really does. These kind of things feel like um, they just feel a little legacy to me. That like, hey, like, yeah. like, like right off the bat, they already have some. You know, like, oh well, it's an Iron Maiden album. Like, it's not. You, you don't have to convince them. Like, um, yeah. You know, like, I mean, like I, you're talking about P, like PR. Like, no one had to send like a, a promo email and say, hey, check out this band. 
like you know the, the critics are going to go out of their way to like, even if they don't end up liking it they're like well I need to at least listen to the new Iron Maiden album um, yeah it, it, it's it's like um, it, yeah it, it, it's like fuel for the machine in a way yeah um, you know and I, I think in a way it's it, like a lot of those indie bands are almost like you know putting diesel in your gasoline car <laughs> you know it's like it's 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 counter counterintuitive to keeping the machine running by the way that just like this is a, kind of a off, off topic but one of my one of my favorite new meme formats is i i don't remember the episode but it's the one where um jerry goes to seinfeld jerry goes to kramer's apartment and he's like what's going on in there like kramer and like i don't know what's actually going on in the episode do you know what i'm talking about um and like it, it, I think it's like the red light pouring out. Oh, that one, yeah. That that's the Kenny Rogers Roasters. Oh, okay. Uh, sign that like that. There's just like this big sign that just like shines light into Kramer's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> there was one. Um, there was one where they uh, they made it like Godspeed themed. Where it's like, uh, like, what's going on in there, Kramer? It's like the machine is broken, and it was just like, it was great. I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to find it. It was pretty, uh, it was pretty funny. But oh, that that that's great. Um, but yeah, Very no, I think uh, those are kind of the main main points I wanted to to hit. Is there anything? Uh, Anything that we came up with that you, or like anything we kind of like tangentially touched upon, you wanted to explore before we before we go? No, I can't really. I can't really think of anything. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say, you know, is there anything you you want to say? And I, I, you know, what I want to say is, stay in school, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Always important. <laughs> unless unless it's psilocybin mushrooms, go for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> this, this this is why I'm not uh, an authority figure. Um, <laughs> just poor advice. Um, yeah, I, I I don't really have anything else though. Sweet. Well, this has been fun. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this kind of this little little excursion we've done over the last couple episodes, and yeah. looking forward to. Um, next week's episode, we're going to be back to our usual scheduled programming. Uh, I think we're doing our first reviews episode of the year, and very excited to kick yeah. things off. For sure. Yeah. All right. We'll talk, yeah. talk to you later. Uh, bye. bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishara Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishara Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.